Hello, everybody. It's Scott, and um, I'm outside, and I'm using a new recorder that I think it's making. Yeah, it makes a bunch of noise if I hold it. So, uh, oh, hello, Mr. No Muffler. Um, this is kind of an experiment for me, or a test, because to use this tomorrow at a video shoot and I'm trying to get some of the stuff right on it so that it sounds the best it can. So I thought, well, a good excuse to sit down out here on the porch and record part of the diary episode would be a good idea because then I could test it. So that's what I'm doing. And uh, yeah, here I am doing that. What are you doing? <laughs> um... I hope this sounds good. I can't, you know, it's funny, I can't actually tell. I can't ever tell with my phone app either that I usually use when I'm outside, but I know I am getting directional here, so if you're hearing this in stereo, ooh, look at me over here, now look at me over here. That's kind of cool. Got an email from a guy. I'm going to call him Bill. That's not his real name. He said that he thought it would be interesting for me to explain more or express more about what I've talked about on other shows or on other diary episodes and maybe I've only touched on it here and there. I think I've gone into it in some depth before but honestly I don't remember what I've said. <laughs> A lot of cars this morning or this evening out here. It's a deal man. What's up with that? Um... Uh, was I, what was the point? What was I saying? Yeah, uh, so he he wanted to know more about my particular, well, I mean, let's just put it, let's put it straight. Let's call a spade a spade. I have endured most of my life since I was a kid in one way or another to various severities, uh, various forms of chronic anxiety. And this surprises some people, and no doubt there's some listening to this now. They're like, what? How is that even possible? I met you at Nerdtacular, and you seemed full of confidence and not, you know, anxious at all. Or you, I saw you at BlizzCon, or I see you on the internet all the time, or I listen to your shows, and you sound like you've got it all covered. Well, part of what you're seeing is... Is is the successful conquering of it of it right? Part of what you're seeing is me figuring it out and doing well in the face of it. And the fact that you don't know that is not, is doesn't hurt or you know doesn't hurt or make better the experience of talking to me or seeing me or listening to me or whatever. But it makes a huge difference for me. So. Let me give you just a brief history. And I'm speaking of things here that I now, it takes many years to sort of figure this out on your own and, and whatever, but I'm, I'm fully convinced and, well, I'm, I'm not only convinced, I just know this. Um, anxiety and sort of chemical imbalances in people's heads and their brains are not things they can just make go away by saying, ah, rub some dirt on it and walk away. It's not really a, uh, it's not really an option. And from a very young age, very little kid, um, 
even before I have memories, I'm told anyway, that I was a very anxious kid. Anxious in the sense that, you know, heights scared me. Too much quick movement scared me. You know, whereas my, you know, brother, when he was a baby, you could throw him in the air and he would giggle like crazy. Uh, you'd throw me in the air and I would, I would seize up and I would stop breathing and I would be f completely freaked out and terrified. And, uh, you know, my brother's a total crazy out there dude who's not afraid of anything. And I'm, I mean, this is all these years later, so now you can see it, but I'm still kind of a little chicken <laughs> when it comes to certain things. So from a very young age, uh, as reported by my parents and others, that's kind of the kind of kid I was. I was fun and happy and all that. That's not that that was an issue. It's just that I was a little, you know, didn't like didn't like being moved suddenly. I'm trying to think of good examples of baby stuff or little little kid toddler stuff, but you know, just kind of a kind of a nervous kid. And then jump ahead to where I do have memories, and I remember always just being a little on the stressed outside with everything that was going on around me all the time, especially in school, especially in I remember in um, what's it called kindergarten no not kindergarten what's it called elementary school just lots of times feeling uh, sort of inadequate and just kind of a generalized anxiety kind of a, a hum in your life where you just can't quite shake it and and everything seemed a little overwhelming and um, again you just kind of brush it off and the rest of the world goes on about its business whether you notice it or not there are a lot of other people who feel that way but you just don't you don't see it so you think it's just you so you just kind of bottle it up and you just pretend like you're not feeling that way I went. I remember going through that a lot, and then junior high it was way worse, and then in high school it was maybe the worst, and have real moments of of, uh, of high anxiety. And a lot of this, as I am describing it, is to those who don't experience this. This is going to just sound weird and not like a thing, and not you're not really getting what I'm saying, and that's okay. I totally understand where you're at. This is like me. This is like me trying to understand what it must be like to be um you know i'm a minority in a world where you are treated badly or something like that like other people's circumstances i understand i'm not comparing i'm not comparing my life to like you know slavery or something weird like that i just mean it's difficult for me to to completely have 100 percent um empathy for somebody for their situation and i understand that they might not for me so that's all I'm trying to say there. Uh, but if you have experienced chronic or heavy, severe anxiety in your life at one time or another, whether it was just a few cases of it or if it was more of a chronic always there sort of thing, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. And I know there are some of you who feel that way because there's a huge percentage of people who do, whether they talk about it openly or not, it's, they just do. And... Uh, like you, I spend most of my life making do with it, trying to work my way around it, push through it. Let's jump ahead, though. Jump ahead to the real pinnacle of this for me. For some reason, things really kicked off in a weird way. And I had, you know, lots of dips here and there all through my young adult life. And when I got into my 20s and I got married and I, you know, started having kids and all this stuff, all, you know, th those times represented moments of 
heavy duty, you know, anxiety. But uh, the real age where things kicked in in a bad way was in 2004. Now, this is a time when, uh, I'll give you just a scenario here. I was deeply involved in technology. The company I worked for was a technology company and I was spending a lot of time just kind of being surrounded by that sort of stuff. And I was doing a lot of design and artwork and, you know, I was doing the comic, which I started in 20 or 2001, which by the way, I think that year messed me up. I remember feeling a lot more anxiety after 9-11 in kind of this unconnected, not in New York kind of way, but nonetheless still felt something just something switched in me where the whole world seemed like a much more anxious place. And that never quite, I never quite shook that. So jump ahead to 2004, uh, early 04, and there is no, there are no, there are no podcasts. I'd done some stuff online with internet radio and some things, but podcasting as a thing didn't exist. RSS hadn't happened yet. Um, I was not working for myself. Frog Pants didn't exist. I was still working a regular day job. There was no extra life radio. There was no the instance. There was no anything. And I remember trying to finish a project for a company that I was working for. And I remember it being real stressy, but it wasn't like I was having a terrible time. I just remember getting kind of bad headaches from it. So I'd come home with kind of tension headaches, working long hours and stuff. And I'd come back with those tension headaches. And uh, Kim's like, we should probably see a doctor just to, you know, make sure everything is okay. And I said, okay, sure, why not? So we went and saw a doctor, just a general practitioner guy, which, well, whatever. I could say some things. Um, and, uh, he said, well, yeah, you're, it's, it's definitely stress and tension. Uh, here's some pills. These would be good for you. Why don't you take three of these a day and, uh, use that should really help. Well, I was pretty naive. I mean, I was 34, but I didn't know anything about anything. I'd never go to doctors. I think the last time I'd been to a doctor before that for anything was my, uh, broken or a a torn ligament in my ankle from a basketball injury and that was like five years previous to that just never went to the doctor for anything never was sick never had anything major happen like that just never went so I'm just blindly like yeah sure you're our doctor you know best so I took these uh, pills and I did as he suggested and it turns out what he gave me is highly addictive and highly not addictive so much as it is uh, you can come very become very physically dependent on it uh, in other words, you'll hit a point where you'll you'll have terrible tolerance withdrawals and uh, have a real rough time. But I wasn't told any of that, and I didn't look it up. It isn't like the internet and Google didn't exist. I could have found out for myself, but again, I'm just kind of naive. I really was then. I feel like I was a little kid when it came to medication and stuff. I just didn't I just didn't think about it. And that's I blame myself. And it's my own fault. But I took those pills, which made me feel pretty good for two months straight. And I did feel a big difference, way less stressed, way less, none, none, the headaches went away. So I just thought, oh, it was a great headache medicine or whatever. What he had given me was something called alprazolam, which is a genetic, or sorry, generic form of, um, of Xanax, which I had heard of just like on TV or somebody would say, boy, I sure could use a Xanax or something. But I didn't even know that that's what this was. I just knew the, the generic name and just never looked it up or paid attention or, you know, one ever talks about the generic name. So I had no connection to it. And uh, two months into this thing, I suddenly start having the worst, what I understood later to be, but I didn't at the time know, were tolerance withdrawals. I was having withdrawals because I, I had hit a cap on the 
dosage and if I either I either needed to increase the dosage or I was going to get real sick real quick and um, anyway I didn't know this and another half month went by before I finally kind of put two and two together and went it's it's the medication <laughs> that's causing these horrible shakes uh, not hallucinations but like visual distortions I would I could see people's faces move but not in natural ways like their faces would stretch all funny I mean these are psychotropic drugs again all this stuff I figured out later so the long story short and there's a lot to this I mean there was a lot of pain and anguish during that time and really having a rough time thought I was dying I mean I didn't know what was wrong with me I just started to figure out wait I only feel a little better when I take these pills something's up so and again, I could take a Tylenol like once every 10 years. <laughs> Just wasn't a medication guy. And uh, so I hit a point about halfway through that next month and I went, oh my gosh, it's these pills. And I decided, turns out incorrectly, it's probably a very bad idea. Well, I know it's a bad idea, but at the time I didn't. And at the time I was so desperate to like, this just isn't me. And I did not have any desire to stay on these things one second longer once I realized what was causing all my problems. So I quit them cold turkey. Just one day said, that's it. Flushed them. I didn't have that many left. And uh, felt like suing the doctor, but I didn't. Because, you know, again, I should have done some homework. But anyway, I just was sick of it and I didn't want to do it anymore and I threw them away and I and I cold turkeyed it. Now turns out if you're on those drugs and there's lots in that family, the, the benzodiazepine family, which includes Xanax, Valium, which is Lorazepam, is is that it? Is that the generic? I think it is. Uh Clonopin, Ativan. There's a bunch of kinds. I didn't have any of those. I had the one, but I did all this research, right? Because I was so dead set on quitting. If I would have really been smart, though, I should have tapered and done a longer period uh, taper off. And I think that would have helped me a lot because I had the worst withdrawal symptoms of my life. And again, I don't drink alcohol. I've never even tasted it. I don't do drugs of any sort. So that whole thing was, this is all foreign and new to me. Everything about it. I'd never even had a hangover, to give you an example. But man, that thing leveled me. I would have days where I had to curl up in a corner and just sweat it out. It was so bad. It's like the movies when you see somebody just like falling to pieces. And that's what it was, man. It was real, real scary, rough business. And uh, I did not enjoy it. But I wanted to be done. I wanted to put it behind me. And I, and I did. I can't believe I'm telling you guys all this. Anyway. Uh, so I did, and it took me about six months to almost a year to start to kind of, sort of feel normal again. What I didn't know then, that I now know now, is that this thing kind of pulled back. A, like, if I had a scab over my delicate anxiety issues then, this medication tore that scab off and made it so it would never heal again. So I had no protection. So it's almost like it just lifted the bottle, you know, the lid off of this thing. And that was now going to be exposed for, as it turns out, the next decade in ways that had never been true before. It's absolutely no question that my anxiety issues started to go up after that moment than they had ever been before. 
And the medication is known for doing this in some people, not everyone. And by the way, there are some people using this stuff therapeutically and, and in ways that are properly prescribed and it is right and good for them to be taking it. I, I'm not besmirching the proper use and uh, distribution of medication. Uh, I just do not believe my case was one of those. And I think the doctor who did it is a dingus. There's a kid over there. I can't tell if they're coming here or not. Anyway, all that being said, uh, it got, it just didn't get better. It just seemed worse. Like 2005 rolled around. And there's some things I'll tell you about in a second, but let's just give you a time frame. From 05, I'd say through 07, those were the, that was the kind of the time period where I thought, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. Ooh, why won't it get better? Why won't it get better? Man, I sure feel bad all the time. I wish this was better. And it just never did. And I started reading about protracted withdrawals, which is a condition that some people, again, not all people get with this particular brand of medication where their symptoms can, their withdrawal symptoms and their sort of, you know, bad physical side effects, which included like hideous migraine headaches, body aches, dizziness, um, uncontrolled, uncontrollable twitching of limbs, fingers, eyes sometimes, um, ridiculous back pain, weird mood swings, crazy uh, stuff going on with appetite, weight gain, weight loss, that kind of stuff. I was having it all. And it's supposed to last, for typical withdrawals, six months at the most. And this was going on for years. And uh, by about 08 is the year I finally gave up and said, you know what, this is just going to be a part of me. This is just who I am. I'm going to have to learn how to deal with it. And, uh, you know, I had all kinds of new uh, anxieties I didn't have before that dealt with, like, crowds and closed-in places and stuff that, you know, a lot of people may have a phobia for, but I never had previous to this experience and now suddenly had it in spades. You know, I couldn't go to a Walmart without feeling like everything was going to cave in on me and I'd have to leave. Like, real rough stuff like that. And this, again, mostly occurred during the early years of the withdrawal. And um, so to go back a little bit, back to 04 when I figured all this out, and after that, you know, that initial horribleness, that is when I decided I was not going to let this take my life away from me. Regardless of how long it lasted or how bad it got, and again, I kept having hope it would last shorter than it did, but whatever, I... I was, I was dead set on not letting it take my life in directions I didn't plan to take it. And that is when I went hardcore in all the creative stuff I do now. It's, it's funny because this experience, while hideous and lame, is primarily responsible for motiv motivating me to, to get what I've done and get me where I am, wherever that is. I mean, you know, you can argue wh whether I could be further along or less further along or whatever, but... But frog pants, this this work I do, me jumping out on my own, where I'm at with my family now, um, where I am creatively, and with my output and all that, I am definitely in a place that I would not have been had it not been for that motivation because it just kept, it was like wind in my back. I would go, nope, you're not going to make it, so I want to stay in bed all day today. I'm not doing it. Instead, I'm going to go create a, hey, how about a podcast? Hey, how about a bunch of art stuff what about a this or a that or whatever what about nerdtacular which started in 07 which was a, a direct way to deal with these issues because i thought you know what this stuff is bad but 
here's an opportunity for me to face it head on. Let me go, let me build an event where I got to have a bunch of people come and I have to talk in front of them and I have to face those fears and those weird heightened anxieties that, that are now a part of me so vividly and so excruciatingly compared to what they used to be. What better way to, to do it than to lean into it, right? That's what I kept telling myself. So I kept doing things that would help me do that. And uh, I still do it today. And it's still really hard. Um, that's the funny bit. I don't know if it gets any easier. You know, and this year with uh, my stupid guts issue, with is totally unrelated, but that diverticulitis uh, thing is, which is, you know, again, I've never really had medical issues before. This is like my first real medical issue. Other than my eyes, but those were easy. Uh, after those surgeries, those are, that was a piece of cake. But the, uh, the, the stomach thing just made me, now I'm paranoid all the time. Like, am I going to be out with people and all of a sudden, oh, uh-oh, trouble. Better run and find the nearest bathroom or, you know, whatever. I'm paranoid about that now. So everywhere I go, I'm like, okay, okay, am I ready? Am I good? Am I good? I, I worry about that. And, uh, you know, people people like to make fun and laugh. Oh, Scott's afraid of flying on a plane because he, you know, he doesn't want to, whatever, fly six hours or, go to, you know, seven hours to Hawaii because who knows what could happen to him on the plane. Well, yeah, I do have those fears. But they're real. I'm not just kidding around. And so, so anyway, back to the, to, the, to the train of thought here. It's totally still with me all the time. I have stupid anxieties about my daughter getting married that are way overblown compared to what they should be. I mean, everybody should be a little nervous and a little, you know, anxious or whatever about that, but I've got it just way over the top. But I am dead set to face all this stuff head on. I am not interested in um, losing. So so it's weird. It's a funny thing to to do that. And, you know, what people see at Nerdtacular when they see me being confident and talking and laughing and making other people laugh and and um, you know BlizzCon shaking all these hands and doing live shows and, and just you know whatever they don't see just below the surface of all that there's a freaked out kid and he's really freaked out to the point that he feels like running away and not doing it and there are worse times than others there are times where I, I don't do it you know or I'll, you know it'll make sense not to do it because I can you know there's times I should not do it there's times I should say you know what I need to take a freaking day off or whatever but most of the time, it's like, all right, I'm going to muscle through. I may feel terrible. I may see green monkeys. <laughs> but I only have this one life. This is it. So even if I may have been dealt a raw card that year, and you know, that day in 2004, that will never quite leave me. Or even if I was dealt a, a bad deal when I was born, and I was born with these tendencies. I get a little bit from my mom that way. Yeah. All that, if that's all true, well, I mean, what am I going to do? This is all I get. So I got to make the best of it. And I, and I work really hard to teach my kids to, A, understand, well, you know, to, to understand that I, that I feel this way sometimes and that I understand how they might feel if they're nervous about a test or about a date or about a wedding or about whatever, but that it can be overcome and that you can figure it out and get it done and I think that's helped them too. So in a weird way, this experience has helped me father better. At least that's, I, ho I hope that's how that's all turned out. 
And Kim's a saint for just being there for me the whole time. Like, I don't even know what I'd do without her. Oh my gosh. Anyway, I share all this. A, well, I share it because I, I think it's important. And I think people who may hear this, this may help somebody to know that this all, all this is possible despite that. And, you know, it can all be raging around you and can still find some some normalcy and find your heart where it needs to be. There's a moth in my face. All right, now he's gone. Um, you know, that it is, it is possible to have it not run everything you're doing. And uh, even if it's really severe. Um, but I know there's a risk in doing this because, you know, I say these very personal you know, normally confidential things, things you would not tell anybody. I mean, I know a lot of people who feel this way that don't say a word because they just don't want to be perceived as weak or, or whatever. And I don't, I understand and I don't blame them. Um, in fact, I was real hesitant to sit down and do this today. But that email really prompted it for me. Um, and I just thought, yeah, why not? That's what this show's about. And so this is the ultimate, if, I mean, if I'm, if this shows about me being honest about who I am and what I'm doing and what's going on in my life, I may as well extend all the way. But I realize that this is, you know, puts me in a vulnerable position. Some of you might think this is terrible and dumb, or some of you might think it's ridiculous. Maybe you're laughing at it. I don't know. I don't know what you're doing. But the way I look at it is I have... Well, first admitted that I've got a thing and I have decided to take that thing on as often as I need to to keep it at bay. And if there's a human being alive that doesn't have a thing to battle, I don't know who they are. They don't exist in my world. That's the other thing is nobody's got it all figured out. Everybody's got insecurities. It's just different levels. Some people, their thing is that they're a narcissist and a totally egotistic butthole. Well, that's a thing, too, to battle that makes their life hard, and they got to figure out a way to accomplish, you know, to, to, to overcome that. So it just it spans the entire spectrum. Some of the greatest people I know have, you know, deep, hard things to deal with. Some of the worst people I know have deep, hard things to deal with. It's just who we are, and nobody likes to admit it, and that's fine. You don't have to. I'm not asking anybody else to, but I'm admitting it. And I'm dealing with it the best way I can, which is to sit on the porch, rock on a chair, listen to that truck drive by, and record this for you. I think that's going to do it. I hope this all worked on this recorder. Hopefully it sounded good. If you guys have anything to add or you want to uh, send your feedback, your thoughts, you can. Scott at frogpants.com is my email address, and I'm always willing to take those. And if you have any suggestions for future topics, I'm also open for that as well. Take it easy, take care. We'll see you on the next episode of The Diary. Oh, right. Oh, right.